Welcome to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast, the show that talks all things female resistance training to help women feel beautiful, confident, and strong in and out of the gym. Now for your hosts, Jordan and Gretchen. Welcome back to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. Your hosts, Jordan and Gretchen, here with you today to cover some of the fitness and nutrition trends or myths that we see floating around on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever these things pop up, we want to, you know, point out the facts in some of them, but also poke some jabs at some of them as well. This is going to be, I hope this is going to be a fun one. To me, it's fun because I like to see all these trends go around and I just laugh every time I see one. Um, and even some of these, like, like the first one that I'm going to talk about is one that I was told probably six, seven years ago. And I wholeheartedly believed it because someone who I thought knew what they were doing told it to me. And now I'm very aware that it's not true. But, um, and if you don't find it funny, hopefully it's a little educational and eye-opening. Exactly. I, there's a lot of really good information out there, mm-hmm. but to match all of that really good information. There's probably double the double, triple the amount of bad information out there. Gosh, it's so ridiculous. Everybody thinks they know everything. And, but I look at it like everything is like trial and error. Like you, which is why there are so many bad ideas out there. It's not like somebody went out and was like, Oh, I'm going to go create this really bad idea and get all this attention from it. They tried something to see if it worked and it either mildly worked for them. It worked for their unique makeup and lifestyle or like they don't know what work, what, what works actually means. So like, I don't know. I, they're funny. And sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. Yeah. I think you hit it on the head right there. Like fitness and nutrition and lifestyle stuff. There, anything to do with that. There is not one size fits all for right. anybody. Everybody is a hundred percent different. Everybody has their own. I mean, you, like you and I, we both power lift. We have different, um, things that we have to work on and we have different nutritional needs, even though our split is the same, our workouts are pretty similar, but we do have little different things that are unique to us. Yeah. So let's get into the first one. Okay. So this one, I was told, like I said, six, seven years ago, I was at a previous job and someone at this job, he's not going to listen because we don't really like each other, told me that (laughs) I was drinking. It was like my first time drinking protein powder. And um, this company moved into the city. I was working for the fire department at the time. And there was this huge health kick moving around. So we went, um, went to this. It wasn't a GNC, but it was like a mom and pop owned shop like that. And they had all the protein and pre-workouts and all this stuff. And I'm looking at it and I, one, I don't know how to pick out protein at this point in time in my life. I was like, chocolate, chocolate, let's just drink it. It'll be fine. Um, and this person who worked with me came up to me and was like, anything that's over 20 grams of protein is a waste of money because you're just going to poop it out basically is what he said. Your body cannot digest more than 20 grams of protein at a time. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, like 
any protein shake that I drink it. Why am I spending money if it's 25 grams of protein or 30 grams of protein? How are people double scooping protein just to get their extra protein? And that's a waste of product. Um, it's not true. <laughs> like it's, it's just not true. I wish I would have thought about it in this way, but if you eat like a steak or chicken or whatever, you eat more than 20 grams of protein in a meal and you take all that protein in. And currently I'm double scooping my protein because I have to get protein in and I am so full at this point, And I am like watching my weight to make weight at this meat that protein powder is the easiest way for me to get extra protein in. So we're double scooping that. And I'm taking every single gram in. <laughs> yeah. I laugh. Like I've heard this so many times. I mean, I, it's such an old myth. It is. It is. I've heard it, you know, oh, you can't digest more than 30 grams. Like the number has changed periodically, mm-hmm. but it's, if you sit and you actually start to think about this, right, the general recommendations for protein backed by science, 0.7 to 1.2 grams per pound body weight per day, right? If you do that, right? If so, if I, let's just say simple math for me, if we have one gram per pound, 165 grams of protein per day, that means I'm eating 20 grams, like every couple of hours, right? Because that's, if my body can only take that in at a time, then that's how I get to my protein recommendations. And right. same, same point as you, I mean, whether you're counting calories, whether you're counting macros, you're portioning out, you're measuring your food. You could even be using the hand method and use like the palm size of choosing your protein sources that in itself, like, unless you're cutting like a very thin slice, the size of your palm, that's going to be about four ounces which right there, chicken, turkey, steak, that's going to be 20 some grams of protein right there. And a lot of us need more protein than that to be, to fit that. So it's one of those things you hear it. You're like, Oh, I think it it's, it sounds so believable because nobody talks about the rate at which you digest protein. They talk about how much you should eat. Right. But then when you start to do the math and you start to think about the other things that we know to be true, then you start to, oh, maybe that's not accurate. Maybe that's not right. Right. And it, like for a while, when I believed it, it put me into that cycle of, okay, so I can only digest 20 grams at a time. So I need to eat. I mean, I was basically eating seven meals a day to like try to get my protein number in, but not go over the 20 grams because I don't want to waste it. Right. It was so dumb. So dumb. I, I also, I look at it from the perspective of, if that's really true, then why would these supplement companies waste their time building a product that has more than 20 grams of protein? Because if that's true, nobody's going to buy it. Absolutely. It's so funny. Um, another like protein powder myth that I've been told um, from the same person. If you drink a, like, you know, a protein shake, to me, that's protein powder and water or milk or something. You shake it up and you drink it. Um, if you drink protein powder on a day that you're not working out, it will just turn right into fat. You're not burning it. So it just turns into fat. I remember the very first time I heard this from a client. I, I, I legitimately thought this individual was joking. I laughed because it just, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. What do you mean? So you we're a little less active. So all of a sudden that turns 
to fat? How does that, how does that even make sense? And it, it was one of those, I was like, oh, you know, I, I look into it. I talk to a few more people, my coworkers. No, that's a real thing that people believe. Not true. Protein is protein. It's just like, if you eat a chicken breast on the same day that you work out, and then you eat a chicken breast on a day you don't work out, chicken breast still is protein and it still works like that. Yeah. But it's, it, it is, uh, for some reason, people attribute that to protein powders only. It's like, it knows. Yeah. I think people, I know that, and they're still out there, but I know that they're, I think when protein powder, like really became a thing, um, mainstream, not to just like bodybuilders and athletes was there was also weight gaining shakes that people were like muscle or not muscle mass gaining shakes that a lot of, um, I know a lot of like football players in my school would drink them because I needed to gain mass. And I think people confused a protein shake with that. Yes. So they're like, you're drinking 1200 calories. I'm like, my protein shake is at most a hundred. Right. That you're right. I think that that was a really big misconception by people. They were intertwining the two mm-hmm. when in reality it's, they're nowhere near the same thing. Yeah. Uh, next one we have on there. Oh, you have to be on a two, 1200 calorie diet to drop weight. This, it was a thousand calories and then it was 1200 calories and now it's 1500 calories. It's not, it's, it's the amount that works for you. And this is, this is so speaking to individualization, but there could be a, I did the math one time. I did the math one time. It was gross. It was like, a because one of my clients was like, you have to eat less than 1200 calories to lose weight. No, that's like, that's not true. Mm -mm. And she said, that's, you know, that's what she read somewhere, whatever. So I went through, I did the math of what looking just basal metabolic rate for somebody who doesn't exercise, what person would need to eat less than 1200 calories. It was like a 80 some year old, four foot, 11 hundred pound woman. I mean, very unrealistic, right? Very, very unrealistic. And yet that didn't even convince this woman that that's, that's what she needed to do to lose weight. But that is, I'm glad to see that at least it's bumped from a thousand to 1200 up to 1500. I would love to see now the new message coming is it's gotta be whatever works for you kind of a Mm -hmm. thing. Um, but yeah, the 1200 calorie mark is really a big one for a lot of females. I've seen that. I know that it's been that in the past and I've seen it before, but lately the past couple of weeks, it's been all over social media. I've seen it everywhere. And I'm like, stop. And I even have a friend that is doing one of those, um, you know, like nutrition coach, online nutrition coach through an app or whatever. And she's like, they have me eating 1200 calories. And I'm like, for what? Right. Well, it helps me lose weight. And she's like, and it, you know, like I lost three pounds last week. Um, but then it kind of came back a little bit. I'm like, that's, it's because of your 1200 calories a a day. Also, if you're somebody who still routinely believes that 1200 calories is what you need to eat in order to lose weight, 
think about how long you've been believing that and trying there, trying that and how you're still not at your goal yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one is creatine will make you bulky. I know we did a whole entire podcast on creatine. I just wanted to reiterate, drive it home. That creatine is not going to make you bulky. No. Um, since that podcast, I've routinely been putting creatine into my post-workout shake. Look at you. Look at me go. And I have not gotten bulky. No. I don't it, look like a man. I don't have hair all over my body. Yeah. It's, I still remember, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one who thought it was a steroid, that you also thought it was a steroid long time ago <laughs> when you first heard about it. Um, but I, I, again, I think it's like the, the protein shakes on your off days, right? It's one of those things that you see the bro bodybuilder type people drinking and you see that body type, you see that physique and you don't want that. So you think I need to do everything that they don't do. Well, when actuality, you would like the muscle definition that they have. Mm-hmm. You would like to not have the body fat like they do, right? You, you want you want similar things. You just don't want to, all of the same things. So yeah. that doesn't mean that you need to drop everything that they would ever do. I think the important thing to remember is, and we've said it before, supplements are supplements. They supplement your life, your activities. Not everybody takes the same thing. Not everybody needs to drink a protein shake. There are people out there that would rather eat their protein. Honestly, I would too, but sometimes I got to get a little bit bump up there. Yeah. Um, yeah you don't have to take anything mm-hmm. and the supplements are not going to do the work for you. Yeah. You are not going to get results in your body, in your nutrition life, unless you do the work yourself. Yeah. Our, our next topic goes to the liquid diet and how diet teas, diet drinks, or what you need to lose weight. Yeah. First off, I could not imagine being on a liquid diet for long-term, which is one reason why this is not, not true. I mean, nobody can not chew things for the rest of your life. If you do that, I mean, if you think that you could live like that, I will tell you, your dentist will not recommend it because you will, your teeth will suffer because they're not, they're meant to chew. And if they're not chewing, they're not, they're not, the body's going to find them not useful anymore and slowly start to decay them. Yeah. Like with the liquid diets, the diet teas, the skinny teas, right? Like drinking that tea is not all of a sudden going to fire your metabolism up to a hundred and you're going to drop weight right away. Will you lose weight if you're on a liquid diet? 100%. I have had people that I know that have done 30 day juice cleanses and like for 30 days, all they do is juice all of their food and they drop a crap ton of weight. I will tell you in the next week, they gain it back because they start eating. Well, it's, it never adds up to be the same amount of calories. No. I mean, if you blend that all up, if you, if you take your dinner, blend that all up, juice that, that's a lot of liquid and that's really hard to drink down and to hold down. Yeah. A lot easier to chew because it allows the the body to digest it, to start that breakdown process immediately. There's really no breakdown process when it's already liquefied. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that has been a huge fad with like the diet teas and the metabolism teas are the skinny wraps. Ugh. 
Okay, so this was a huge thing like 10 years ago, and they are making a comeback with a force of vengeance. They are. Someone just sent me this thing the other day where I don't totally know what you put. It looks like a little marble that you put under like a piece of their fancy tape, and it's supposed to like just suck the fat right out of you. This woman's putting it in her belly button. I don't know what fat you have in your belly button. She put it on her arms, on her butt, on her calves. I mean, she's putting these everywhere. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand how it works. I really didn't do that much research into the video. However, not real. <laughs> correct. Right. It's like the way I look at skinny wraps is if you wear a hair binder or tight hair band binder around your wrist for a long period of time, when you take that off, there's going to be a mark there. Mm-hmm. Your wrist is going to be skinnier where that band was, but eventually it comes back. Here's the thing. The skinny wraps that I'm thinking of aren't even tight. I've I've yeah. visualized them in person. It's just, it seriously looks like you take wax paper, not saran wrap, like wax paper, Ooh. and you put like a crap ton of lotion on it, and then you set it on whatever area of your body I'm thinking of the stomach right now. Cause that's like the popular one and it doesn't even wrap around your body. It just is supposed to place it there. And I guess this lotion like heats up the fat cells in your body and it makes them go away. I don't know. It's, it doesn't work that way. Oh yeah. I've seen the ones where it's like saran wrap where they wrap around your body and you're right. You put something tight on your hair. It's going to make a dent. It's going to make a dent on your body too, yep. but it's going to come back. It will bounce back. Ooh. Yeah. Um, you know, like the sheet masks that you put on your face. Yes. It's like that for your stomach. Same thing. Oh. Same concept. It's going to magically make all your fat disappear. You're going to drop 10 pan sizes immediately in 20 minutes of wearing Yep. A face mask on your stomach. No, thanks. Okay. No. Uh, next one. Oh, my favorite one. Cardio is the only way to burn calories. False. I, I love, I love when client clients have this disagreement with me, right? Well, you just burn so many calories. Like that's how you lose weight, right? Like I just need to up my cardio. no. No, 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 no. Here's the deal. When you resistance train, I'm going to keep this very short and sweet because we have plenty of episodes on this. When you resistance train, you build muscle. It takes more calories. It takes more energy to preserve, rebuild new muscle tissue, preserve the old and supply the body with the heat. Everything that comes with muscles, you're burning more calories with that muscle. Mm -hmm. You don't build muscle by doing cardio. No, you burn a lot of calories during it, but it, it, that, that burn, that after effect burn at post-exercise oxygen consumption goes away. Yeah. I was going to say, I think a lot of people like to say that you do burn, burn more calories during cardio, because if you put on a fitness watch and you do 30 minutes of cardio and you do 30 minutes of lifting, and then you stop your fitness watch. Yes. You will have actively in that 30 minutes, burn more calories on the cardio machine, but that's when that stops. When you're, when you hit that stop button, 
on the treadmill, that's when your calories burn stops. When you stop lifting weights and resistance training, you are going to burn calories throughout the day because of that workout. Yeah. It's, and I get it. Like you've seen, we all look at runners in the Olympics in marathons and they're very, very skinny. They're very lean. I don't even want to say lean. They're, they're very skinny. They're, mm-hmm. they don't have major muscle definition. You want to be, nobody wants to be skinny fat. And if you do that with cardio, I mean, you look at women that you want to emulate and they they have toned arms and toned legs and a nice lifted booty and they don't have a muffin top. You like, you can have runners with, with those things. You can, you can have runners with muffin tops. You can have runners without, um, without a butt, without definition in their legs. And it's, it's easy. Cause you're like, I burned 500 calories today. So awesome. Congrats. But long-term, if you want to lose the weight, keep it off and look good while you're there. Resistance training is the better option for you. Absolutely. And that being said, I'm not going to say that I never do cardio. I mean, there are days yesterday, for example, we are at the end last heavy week of meat prep. I was, I'm like exhausted. My body is like, knock it off, calm down. Um, I was so tired from a workout the day before that I did half of my accessories and I was like, I just need to go walk on the treadmill. One, I wanted to burn just a couple extra calories because I did half of my workout, but I still wanted to move my body and keep it limber without taxing it so much with weight. So there's a time and place for it. I'm not completely against cardio. Sometimes I do it to like clear my mind. It's mindless. You just walk. It's not that difficult. Anybody can do it. Here's the thing. Cardio is great for your cardiovascular system, Absolutely. your your lungs. Do it for that, but don't do it for weight loss. The calories burned. Do it for what it is actually intended to do. Yeah. Strengthen your heart, strengthen your lungs. So the next one, kickbacks, build your glutes. I'm not going to say that they don't, (laughs) but my favorite is like, I will see, let's be honest, mostly women, 98% women. That's a made up fact, but it's probably pretty accurate. They will put a bar on their back and they'll do step ups and then they kick back with one leg or they're on the stair climber and they're like doing it super slow and kicking back because that small kickback is what's building their butt. Yeah. It's the exercise is like poorly named. It's called glute kickbacks, right? Your glute is still activated in the exercise, but it does a lot of hamstring work as well. Yeah. And I love when people are like, I feel this in my hamstring more than my glute. Like, is that okay? That's great. Like that. That's awesome. They're not I know we got the Jane Fonda's of the world and all those old school exercise fitness gurus who they did those, they did those all the time, but there's a reason they're not still producing videos on TV. Um, I like to think that I have a nice rear end. Thank you. I have not done a single glute kickback in my life. 
I'm not coordinated enough. Like <laughs> we're going to fall. Something's going to get broken. I have done them for activation. Um, I mean, I know I like if I'm walking on a treadmill, I'm usually like very bored. There's something wrong. Right. I would much prefer to walk outside. Yeah. So I will like extend a kickback on a treadmill one. Cause it's like entertainment for me. Right. It's more than just like, do, 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 do you add a little bit to it. Then I can stay more mentally engaged. That's uh-huh. it. So if, one, if you ever see me on a treadmill, ask if everything's okay. Two, two, um, just look out. I might, I might try some fun stunts on, on the treadmill and you might be surprised. We all know that I can't even walk on the treadmill with no distractions. So. Correct. Correct. Um, waste trainers while working out those super, no, this is not a wrap. I mean, it is wrap. It wraps around your body. But this is a different kind of wrap. It's the, uh, the thing. There's a couple of them. One, it's like a corset for your stomach. Mm-hmm. But the ones that you wear while working out, it's to engage all that sweat and make it super hot and you take it off and it's like dripping with sweat. Yeah. That is going to tone you up. Okay. You're going to have a snatched waist. It's going to be an hourglass and it's never going to go away. You burn so many calories wearing them. Because spot reduction is a thing. Absolutely. Um, You know, I haven't done them because I just love my. (laughs) I hips. <laughs> there was one time where somebody did make a point of, you know, how are waist trainers different than like lifting belts? Oh, they're very, very different. Hundred percent. You are wearing the the belt to brace your core, mm-hmm. to maintain a position, to provide an external cue for things. You're wearing a waist trainer just to sweat. And don't get me wrong, I sweat in my belt, but that is like second priority. Mm-hmm. Third, fourth, maybe fifth priority. I don't know. Way down on the list. It's just a product of what we do. Correct. Um, yeah. Waist trainers. I'm glad to see those have gone away a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're not as big of a thing, but man, those are no thank you. I can't believe someone asked what the difference is. I think that they were thinking that it was another type of, they were thinking more on the lines of what a belt does for people. Sure. And why is this way? Like how? why do you think this waist trainer can't do the same thing? I'm like, well, I mean, if you're wearing one of those corset type ones and have it tight enough, sure. It actually, it actually could do provide some of those external cues. Sure. I, I mean, I don't deny that it's not going to provide as much support stability as a lifting specific belt would, but they were coming at it from the same lens that we are in how we look at belts. Not as like, this is what a waist trainer is designed, designed to do. Make you sweat, make you burn, lose your fat. I mean, if my lifting belt is supposed to give me that snatched waist, I need to return it because it's not doing its job. I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Um, the last one is a little controversial, I think, between us and people in our gym. Uh, dry scooping doesn't work. So here's here's my initial thought. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for certain people. I am one of those people. Mm-hmm. I, Why? I I can't do it. I like, I cannot master it. I, two times I've tried it and both times it has blown back out of my nose, mouth and every orifice on my face and it burns. It burns. Brian can do it. You can do it. I just, 
I will go the extra mile and I will fill it with water, shake it up and drink it. Yeah. Um, so this is, I'm not a scientist. I don't know hundred percent facts. I just know from personal experience, I have dry scoop and I have taken it with water. Um, a lot of people say that dry scooping doesn't work because it has, it locks on to water molecules and blah, 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 in order to activate. And that's how it works. Great. Perfect. But I have taken pre-workout. I mostly take it in a dry scoop form because my shaker bottle bottle has my protein in it for after my workout. So I don't have another source of putting it in something. Um, so I dry scoop it. I drink it with quite a bit of water and I swish it around in my mouth, in my mind. That's the same thing that you're doing with a shaker cup. You're swishing it around in a shaker cup and then drinking it. Mine just gets in there a lot faster and it does work for me. I definitely feel the pre-workout working. So I know that it does work. Um, yeah, I think in the effectiveness of, you know, doesn't need water or not. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not a scientist and I don't spend enough time looking at each individual product, but it would make sense. There are some chemical compounds that do require water in order to activate within that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got like saliva in your mouth, but that's not true H2O. It may need the true H2O. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't totally know. So it might be like, it's possible. It's possible, but you'd have to look at each individual product. And every time you buy a new pre-workout, you'd have to do the research and, and to assure that that is, I'm sure part of partly why companies say, you know, they don't put dry scoop on the back and they say, you know, mix with eight ounces of water. I think part of it's a safety thing. Like I, I have legitimately felt like I'm going to choke when I do this. Well, nobody wants a product with that reputation. Right. So that's probably why a lot of products have that on there, but Ultimately, I mean, yeah, what you do is very close to what I do just in a bottle. I'm in a bottle and you're in your mouth. Right. I just have, I've tried it. It's just, mm-mm, mm-mm, doesn't work. I, yeah, I don't want, I don't need an extra eight ounces of water in my body while I'm squatting and deadlifting because I pee enough as it is. So there's that. Um, I also really, really like, like the tart flavor, like how you like, um, apple cider vinegar. Yeah. I really like the saliva that builds up in my mouth from the tart flavor of it and just swishing it around. I don't know. It works for me. So I, I don't think it's completely not a lie. Right. And Um, I, I mean, I look at the one that I use right now, definitely would not be able to tolerate that because it's two scoops for a one serving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couldn't do that twice. Could not do it twice. I also could not do it and hold it in there long enough. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. We're going to stick with the shaker bottle. It is definitely a skill. Um, do you have any other myths or trends that are going around that you think are just. Um. I think like you could always look at, you could always poke a little fun and point a little factuality versus not in like the different styles of diets, right. In keto, in paleo, in veganism, in vegetarianism. And honestly, it all comes down to the same thing. Like 
they became a thing because they worked for somebody mm-hmm. and somebody gave it to somebody else and it worked for that somebody. Yep. It's not that they don't work. I have, I have a client who does exceptionally well on a keto diet. I have a client who does exceptionally well on a vegan diet. I wouldn't do well on either of those. I have a really hard time eating fats altogether. I think it just is, you know, is it a myth that it doesn't work? Not necessarily. It's trendy. Like you, it's trendy because you see people having results with these things, these diets, these plans, these detoxes. So you want to do that as well. You want to follow the trend, be a part of that trend. But it, you know, I could go all into a a preach mode here and just say, you got to do what works for you. Mm -hmm. Know that, you know, what you think might work for you because you either believe that or saw somebody else successful with it might not actually work. Yeah. I think it's important to note that there will always be trendy diets and workouts going out all over the place. And they're so easily accessible. We have the internet in our phone. Like you can figure it out. You can pick and choose a diet. Um, I think by the time it gets to the mainstream media and most people like keto, for example, if you're going to do a true keto diet, how many carbs do you get in that diet? Doesn't actually get portrayed through the mainstream. No, like, and wh- what is a carb? You know how many carbs are in a banana? Yeah. Or in corn? Like you can't. So it's people might try it and be like, well, it's not working. Well, I think the easiest way is to find someone, find a coach, find a nutritionist and ask questions. Yeah. And get some tests done and figure out what works for your body, for your body's makeup to get it done right the first time, instead of going through the struggle of all of these trends, because they're a trend for a reason and they will fall off like everything else. And again, it's the same as the 1200 calorie point of, if you've been trying this time and time and time again, and you're still not satisfied with the results, or even if you just started this as a new year's resolution and you're not seeing the results that you think you should be seeing at this point, try something else. It might not be the fit for you. It might just be the trendy thing that you picked out. It might be the thing you believed would work. And we got to, we got to reevaluate things and, and take another assessment with things. Yep. So if you've listened to this and you had an awakening or an aha moment, I'm super happy that we helped. If you laughed along with us, happy that we could help with that as well. Um, if you come across a trend or whatever, and you have a question of whether it's true or if it works, send us a message. You can message us on Instagram, uh, through the beauty brains and barbells, Instagram. You can message us on our personal Instagrams. We have an email out there as well. It's all linked below. Um, we would love to help out and answer those questions. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. If you liked what you heard today, go ahead and give us a like, a share on Instagram. Let us know what more you want to hear from us so that we can truly make this the podcast that females go to to improve their resistance training experience.